like I said, we wanted to thank you for joining us. We're going to finish our month-long look at what it means to be overcomers and overcoming fear. And I had the unique privilege of attending a pastor's appreciation lunch. You have a cellular device, make sure it is on vibrate. Attending this pastor's appreciation lunch that was being sponsored by uh, KSLR radio. And um, I was really blessed by our special speaker, Pastor Brian Loretis from Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. And he was sharing the scripture in James chapter 5 with us. James chapter 5, we're going to be starting, hold on. We're going to be starting with verse 7. And it says, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. (laughs) Friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint should be lodged against you, you know. The judge is standing just around the corner. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit. All the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You heard, of course, of Job staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares. Cares right down to the last detail. And since you know that he cares... Let your language show it. Don't add words like I swear to God to your own words and don't show your impatience by concocting oaths to hurry up God. Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way your language cannot be used against you. Now that was James chapter 5 starting with verse 7 to verse 11, but that was from the message paraphrase. You guys are reading along from a different translation. And I'm going to share it from a translation, a different one right now, from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which says this, James chapter 5, verse 7. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. So that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. 
See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance, and you have seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. We'll stop right there in that translation. Now, we said earlier, we'll say it again, how many of you guys, show of hands, have ever prayed for patience? How many of you guys have ever heard, well, don't pray for patience because you know what happens? You don't automatically get bestowed patience like with a magic wand. But in fact, God brings things into your life to help you develop patience. So don't pray for it unless you want God to help you develop it. You guys ever heard that? Now it's another show of hands. Let's be real with ourselves and real here. How many of us are willing to admit that patience is indeed a gift that still needs to be developed in us? Now, we've been talking about being overcomers. And I started to think especially when I was sitting there listening to the word that was being spoken at that pastor appreciation luncheon that got me thinking. And I said, do you know why we kind of think of patience as a four-letter word even though it's not? Because we fear it, right? We are impatient by nature. How many of you guys, if it came down to it, We'd rather have a Polaroid camera that spit out your pictures then and there than have to do a 35 camera where you have to get it developed or even a digital camera where you take it, but if it were up to you to get prints, it'd stay on your camera forever because you just never have the time. You want it instant, right? How many of you guys, if you had the choice, would pick instant oatmeal over the oats you have to cook on the stovetop for a while? Because we ain't got the time, right? How many of us, if we have the chance, would rather cook with a microwave than an oven? Like, we look, when we buy things, we look to see how long it will take in the microwave versus how long it takes in a real oven. Anyone ever do that? Ever notice that on food you're cooking? Food you buy, it will give you the microwave time. And the oven time, how many of you have ever picked the oven time on something like that when there was a microwave time available? You look at the oven time and it says 30 minutes to 35 minutes. You look at the microwave time and it says 3 to 5 and you go, I'm not waiting 30 minutes. 3 to 5 it is, right? We fear time getting away from us, though, don't we? We are an impatient people because we are afraid of sitting back and missing something. And we allow that fear to control us. 
we may not pray for patience because we want what we want when we want it, don't we? We are afraid of what patience may look like in our lives. We are afraid to be able to wait contently. But James is saying something entirely different right then and there. I kind of picked this as our last one to look at when we were thinking about fear. Because I was like, you know what? This is the one sometimes that erodes our faith the most. When we are given the answer to prayers of wait. Because I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as unanswered prayers. You're told yes, you're told no, or you're told wait. Not right now. But when we get that not right now, and that's not what we want, we tend to think he ain't speaking at all then. If it ain't the answer we want, then he must not be talking because we ain't listening to what we don't want to hear. It's fear. And the thing is, though, when we are put into a state of waiting, if we don't shore up our faith, it can be very dangerous place. If we can't learn patience in the waiting, it can be very dangerous to our faith. That fear of waiting, of the unknown, of standing by and waiting. It's not something we want to do. But he says, you know, like a farmer plants. You know of any seeds that you plant that instantly bloom? Anybody? Because I'm horrible at landscaping. And if you know of any flowers that the moment you plant them, they automatically bloom and everything looks beautiful, that is the kind of flower I will plant. I am down with that. Anybody know of any kind of flower like that? How about any kind of seed for a tree, especially one that bears fruit? You know of any seed that the moment you plant it in the ground becomes a tree and bears fruit automatically? Anybody? That is why in James we are being told to be patient. Now, interesting thing about what is happening in James. Normally, I'm not big on sharing what they mean, but in Greek, in James, the word 
is macrothuma. Which means to suffer long. That's literally what James is saying when he's saying to be patient. To suffer long. But when we think of patience, we think of, well, I can be patient today as long as I get what I want tomorrow. Right? When we do try to exercise patience, we try to put a time limit on it. And when that time starts to run down in our mind, we begin to say, hey, Lord, (laughs) what's going on? Why am I still waiting on this? Let me tell you, I have been there. As a single pastor, do you think I want to be single for the rest of my life? But I have learned that it is better to wait upon the Lord than to do my own thing. But sometimes when you are waiting, you get so desperate for signs that you start looking and be willing to accept anything. And that is not what needs to happen. When you are waiting upon the Lord, you are like a farmer who is waiting upon his plant to bloom, right? He is waiting upon his crop. If he planted corn and then he planted wheat and he was ready to harvest the corn but it wasn't ready, is he going to harvest the wheat and say it's the same thing? He's going to have to wait on the corn, right? Same thing at the other way. If he had planted the corn and wheat together and he wanted wheat because he was had a hankering for some bread, but the corn was ready and the wheat wasn't, do you think he's going to harvest the corn and say, hey, it's the same thing? It's good enough. And yet too many times we can find ourselves there. It is good enough. James even gives examples of being patient. He says the farmer, the prophets who waited upon the Lord and delivered a message, right? One prophet was told, you know what? To illustrate how patient I am with Israel, you lay on one side for over 300 days. And the prophet did it, right? Can you imagine that? If the Lord were to tell you to be patient and wait a couple years on something, what would your response be? (laughs) How many of us in our heads would kind of be like, well, are you really sure you want us to, do I really have to wait that long, Lord? That is why the fear of waiting is something that we need to be able to overcome. Developing patience is something essential. Because when we're in a state of waiting, we can get anxious. When we get anxious, we begin to worry. And when we worry, we can affect our faith. 
but we can learn from the prophets, we can learn from the farmer, and we can even learn from Job. That being patient and waiting upon the Lord is a reward in itself. But it's not just enough to be patient. We need to make sure our hearts are in the right place. Something I had to learn to understand. Because being patient does not just mean that we are in a state of waiting. Remember what I said? Macrothuma, long-suffering. When we think of suffering, we think of people who may be like, you won't believe the day I had. Let me tell you about it. Right? Those Igor kind of people. Let me tell you, every now and then I find myself channeling Igor and I have to go, oh, no you don't. We claim to be patient, but we are not in a content state of waiting. In order to truly overcome this fear of this waiting state, in order to truly develop patience to override that fear, we need to be able to be content in our waiting period. But how many of us, let's be honest, have ever drove and been stuck in traffic? And while you are stuck in traffic, how many of you guys have ever had moments where you have lost your state of being content in the waiting? Anyone has ever rode in a car with me, they know that is true. I'm the kind of person that if you do not move after the light turns green, I will literally count. One, Mississippi. Two, Mississippi. Three, why in the world are you still at this green light, honk? <laughs> right? And let's be honest, some of us can go through life that way, right? And heaven forbid, we get over it. And you know what happens when we start to get discontent in that state of waiting? This whole philosophy of, well, I'm going to bless myself. Kind of what happened when Abraham was told he was going to have a son, right? That him and Sarah were going to have a son, and they were waiting. And here they are. He's like 100. She's like 90. They're kind of thinking, you know what, Lord? We've been waiting kind of thinking you forgot don't know really what you're thinking and so he took his wife's handmaiden Hagar and had a child thinking hey now Abraham has a son a father of nations right they fulfilled the blessing God had for them themselves but did they really fulfill the blessing God had in store for them no they didn't they jumped ahead, but in jumping ahead, they kind of were like Peter when he started to walk on the water, right? They jumped out on faith thinking, hey, this is it. This is what's going to work. And then kind of like Peter when he started to doubt, they kind of floundered and started sinking. 
Because that's not what God had in store. He was 100, she was 90, and he did, after all these years of waiting, have Sarah give birth to a child named Isaac, who was indeed the father of nations. Was it the child that he had with Hagar? No. And in fact, in doing so, they created tension between Isaac and that child Ishmael. They would become warring nations for years, decades, centuries. All because they thought, hey, this must have been what God meant because he's taken a really long time to get to what he promised us. And this solution kind of seems like an answer. It's not exactly what he told us would happen, but it kind of fits. It's kind of like us when we're waiting. You know, hey, I've been down that road as, as a single pastor looking for a helpmate from the Lord. There's been some that kind of fit. Kind of fit, I bought a dress. Thank the Lord that kind of didn't have to be good enough. And that he showed up and revealed his purpose and stepped in. But too many times, because we fear waiting, we can circumvent the blessings of the Lord because we step in. Establish our hearts. Fix to make fast to set. Strengthen our place. Be content in the waiting. And our faith in God and his eventual justice will only be stronger. Patience and strength are something we develop in the waiting. But not only do we have to establish our hearts, once we do, we can move beyond. And this is the thing he said in James. Brothers, don't complain. How many of us, while we are waiting, have ever taken to grumbling? I don't understand why the Lord is making me wait so long is it really that there is nothing out there yet I feel like I'm ready why is the Lord not blessing me like I have asked how many of us have ever asked that question been in a situation like that Lord why are you withholding your blessing from me because that's how we'll start to see it right when that's not what's happening, it's what we see. Because we're only looking at a small picture of it. I'm going to share a story from the Bible about people who didn't understand what it meant to be patient and content and took to grumbling. Lord, help them. They grumbled all the time. 
Now, it starts in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. And the Lord says to Moses, send men to scout out to the land of Canaan, because I the, that I'm given to the Israelites, and send one man who's a leader among them from each tribe of their ancestral tribes. So one man from each tribe. How many tribes were there? Twelve men. You guys probably know this Bible story now. It is the twelve spies, right? We teach the kids a little song. Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. Why do we teach the kids that song? So they pick twelve men. They go and they see that this land is everything God told them it would be. Little hiccup. People are already living there. They go back to Moses and Aaron. And they say, we went to the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And there's some of its fruit that they brought back with them. Verse 28, verse 13, or verse 28 of chapter 13 says, However, the people living the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. There's no way we can take it. Now, Caleb, one of the spies, goes, We must go and take possession of the land because surely we can conquer it. God has given it to us. But he was one voice. The other ten are starting to complain. We can't go up against those people. They're stronger than we are. And so they gave negative reports about, to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. And they said this. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. They're even like giants there. And we ourselves, we just seem like grasshoppers. We tell the children in that song, ten men went to spy on Hanan. Ten were bad. Uh, Twelve men. Ten were bad. Two were good. Because ten lied. They doubted that the Lord would deliver them. They were in a state of waiting after they had been delivered, and they were doubting. And when they shared this story, these lies, the whole community, all the Israelites complained to Moses and Aaron. And they started wailing and saying, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land so that we could die by the sword? Our wives and our little children will become plunder. Wouldn't it have been better if we had just gone back to Egypt to be slaves? Let's choose a new leader and let's just go back to Egypt. They started grumbling and complaining. What they had wasn't good enough. Joshua and Caleb were among the 12 who had scouted. They were the only two who told the truth. And they said, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased to us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. 
Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for it is us who will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. So don't be afraid of them. Do you think that worked? Do you think they said, yes, let's do it then. The God is with us. Who can be against us? We've got this. God has got a plan. We shall conquer the enemy. No. Verse 11 of chapter 14. In Numbers, the Lord says to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust me despite all the signs I performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater, mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it, for by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among your, these people, how you, Lord, are seen face to face, how your cloud stands over them, and how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare, well, since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land, he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now may my Lord's power be magnified as you have spoken. <laughs> the Lord is slow to anger and rich in faithful love, forgiving wrongdoing and rebellion, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the wrongdoing of these people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have been forgiving them from Egypt until now. Moses, for a man who started this whole show saying, you know what, I'm not a really good speaker, developed a pretty quick tongue, right? That was actually kind of nice. Forgive us, Lord, because that's what you do right? And the Lord responds, I have pardoned them as if you requested. Yet as surely as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of these men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give to their fathers. None of these who have despised me will see it. But since my, Caleb's, my servant Caleb has been a different spirit and has followed me completely, I will bring him into the land where he's gone and his descendants will inherit it. They grumbled in their state of waiting, discontent with even just the small blessings the Lord was providing to them. It's like they've seen my signs. I've made manna fall from the heavens to feed them. And that's not good enough. And how many times as we wait, as we are waiting for a particular blessing that we may have in our minds, do we fail to notice or appreciate the things he still gives us? How many of us have allowed that fear of waiting 
to erode even the possibilities of patience in us. So that we don't even recognize the blessings the Lord gives us on a daily basis. In order to truly be overcomers of fear, of doubt, of worry, of discouragement, anxiety, there is something we need to do. We need to learn to be patient in waiting upon the Lord. Now, we think of the word suffering and we think of long suffering and we may use it to apply to people who may suffer long times but aren't necessarily gracious in their suffering, right? But that's not what that word means in James. That's not where he was going. You think a farmer knows how long it's going to take for a crop to go up but still says, dude, I know it takes like three months for this to happen, but three months is three months. Why can't it be faster? You can't speed time up just by asking it, right? The farmer knows that it's going to take a certain time for his crop to come up, and he waits. He waits for it to come up. If he knows how long it takes, he doesn't say, well, I know it takes three months, but I really wish that three months was more like one month. Why can't it just take one month? But we do that. I know God has a plan. I know he has something grand in store for me. The Bible tells me that it's true. But what? Why am I still waiting on him to show me? Why am I still waiting for an answer to prayers that I have been praying for years? I mean, if I am still waiting, he must not be praying or listening, right? Are my prayers not good enough for the ears of the Lord? How many of us have ever found that grumbling spirit in us? He hears you. Like I said, I am not a believer in unanswered prayers. I believe there are three answers that you get sometimes. You get yes, and you get no, and we never lack no. It may take us a while to even understand why we got no. When we get yes, that's what we think we ought to deserve. That's what we rejoice in when that happens. But when we get wait, we tend to think he ain't listening. And let me be outright, downright, completely honest with you guys right here, right now. There are some things that you are praying for. There may be a sickness that you are seeking deliverance from. A situation that you want delivered out of. Only God knows what his grand plan is in store. What we have been called to do is be faithful in the waiting. 
and we're not waiting for him to answer our prayers. That is not what the waiting is about. We are waiting for him to call us home. We are awaiting the return of Christ. That's what we're here waiting for. Any blessings that he gives us in our lives and any prayers that he answers while we are waiting on that is just icing on the cake from a loving father who wants us to be blessed and have good things. That's what we're waiting on. And we may be suffering, but we are called to be long-suffering. And we may not be delivered this side of glory, but we will be delivered eventually. Those who are faithful have a reward awaiting them, right? And we know it's true. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes shall not, what? Perish, but have everlasting life. That is what we are truly waiting on. Whatever he gives us in this mortar coil, whatever he gives us on this earth, are just extra blessings. But let us be content in the waiting. upon the Lord for he will never leave us nor forsake us he will never let us go and so we can truly be content we can truly move beyond the fear of waiting to be overcomers who wait on the Lord return patiently and so we're going to listen to a song to kind of remind us that he is always there for us he never lets us go and as it plays maybe there is something that you're awaiting upon the Lord to deliver you from or awaiting on the Lord to provide for you and even lifting it up it could be days, months, years. Take this time to pray for it. But as you do, take this time to encourage your soul that he is a God who loves you and cares for you, who hears your prayers and knows your needs, and he provides for you. And may you be strengthened to be able to wait upon the Lord. Yeah.
Heavenly Father, we do. We thank you for the fact that you never let us go. And we will just keep holding on, waiting patiently upon you, Lord. For you indeed have a grand plan in store for us, even if we have to wait all the way to the other side of glory. We know that you have something marvelous for us to wait patiently upon the Lord, to be overcomers of fear, doubt, of worry, anxiety, and even the fear of waiting, Lord, that we may be patient upon you. Patient upon your blessings and give us the strength to grow our faith and the eyes to see the blessings you pour out upon your people each and every day. Be with us. We ask this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.